Thank you for tuning in again. We have now hit episode 5. And it's good to again come before you all. Today is July 8th, 2023. And I just wanted to say good afternoon to everybody out there. So as we begin this conversation again, we're going to go down the whole week. It's been such a busy week. It's already July and it's a countdown. There's a countdown going on to Santa Fe Indian Market, all the wonderful things that happened in August. August is my favorite month. June is my favorite month. October, November, December are my favorite months. And of course, January is also my favorite month. But um, it is getting warm outside. We hit the 90s. Some places are in the 100s. And it's just um, a yo de yet. It's very hot. <clears throat> but it's wonderful. It, it feels like it's finally turned into summertime. But um, last week we talked about the Shopic Eko Sao We've been talking about that. We've been touching here and there about the circle journey that we are in and who we are as Balashlai. And last week I kind of talked about Ha'a. As we know, Ha'a is like the team. It's the doorway into our lives, and that's where we begin our process of Nsahakes. So now that we're moving the conversation, this is the area that we go towards the south. So Shata'a. Shata'a is the southerly direction, and it's also known as Nohotetlij, the daylight. <clears throat> so the sun coming above us, Nohotetlij, is when there's equal light around us, and it's daylight. And in this area, we talk about planning. So we talked about we talk about um, also speaking up for ourselves and being able to speak for myself. So I you see meaning speaking for myself. This is the area that I that I'm focused on me and who I am as a person. Meaning that I'm planning for myself as well. And I'm also setting that pathway throughout my day. So this is what that direction is dedicated towards. Um, you're having reverence for yourself and you look at yourself as a person you have respect for yourself so i you see han as i say um han sahakes ba hochilya meaning that you have positive thinking against anything negative and this is where that's tested so as we know in the morning time we're home but we leave our homes, we leave our safe space, and we put ourselves out into the world. That's where this is at. And this is where we test our teachings, our strength, our willingness, and all of our determination in life. And in this area, we want to be able to balance our uh, case, meaning our thinking. And we want to be able to keep anything negative away in our and all that we do 
So in that planning process, you want to be able to look at yourself and also remember to have plans that are responsible for you. So you want to have plans that are proper, that are ethical, and that are in the mindset to know that you're doing things in a good atmosphere and you're having strength for yourself. So you want to be able to live a good holistic life without any complications of who you are as a person. So in this direction, that's our focus. And and that's kind of been where I've been this whole week and reflecting on that. A lot of my upbringing, my teachings, my knowledge, they get they get tested every day and we all can relate to that. You've been tested. People question your actions. And then you start to question yourself and think, did I do the right thing? Should I be doing this? Is this right? And you want to be able to know that what you're doing and you're going back home is satisfying to you and that you did the right thing and that you're at peace with yourself. So that's where we are at. We're in that phase in the towards the south where we we take all this planning and we look to ourselves and we speak up for ourselves. Meaning that you're speaking for yourself and you're standing up for who you are as a person and everything that exists about you as an individual. So we, we went from Kha'a to Shada'a. Next episode, we'll go towards E'a, the West, and we'll talk about that evening time, the closing of the day, and having those accomplishments recognized in that direction. So just wanted to start off with that, and I wanted to, again, thank you all for tuning in this week again. This broadcast, this podcast broadcast, is brought to you by all the wonderful things in life, a very productive week, a motivating week, and those weeks that also really test our being as humans. So we've all been through it. We all went through it. And it was a very interesting week for me. It was short because um, work didn't really last that long. There was um, activities taking place. The... Um, the enterprise was open, then, it, then it, it had recognized the holiday, but we were still open. And there was just a lot of people that, had, that had came around to the, the Windrock area. So as we move forward, um, <clears throat> I want to be able to reflect on, on yourself as a person. And um, this past week, I attended the um, financial summit that was hosted by our Miss Navajo Nation, Miss Valentina Klitso. She um, had a, a summit dedicated to financial responsibility. And um, I arrived early with the mind, with my thinking being that it's going to be packed, there's going to be a lot of people, and I better get there early because um, I want to get a good seat towards the back. I don't want to sit in front. You all can relate to that. But I got to the museum and we walked in and 
then there was nobody there. And I was like, where is everybody at? And um, we had the whole auditorium to ourselves. And Miss Navajo is very punctual. She's very dedicated to her timing. And I very I, I recognized that when we were there. And I was um, very impressed by that. So kudos to our current reigning Miss Navajo Nation for having a very punctual schedule and starting right on time. But people didn't show up. She still started. There was uh, only a few of us, probably like a handful, uh, less than 10 of us that were there. And um, even her presenters, a few of them haven't showed up yet, but she still continued with the agenda. Otto, I observed her and she managed the whole thing herself. She was at the podium. She was the MC. She did the welcoming, uh, welcoming address. She did the prayer. Otto, she ran to the back and she was also monitoring the presentations on the screen. And I thought, man, she's very um, independent. She didn't ask anyone to help her. She did it all by herself. So she was running back and forth from the auditorium and the back to the front. And um, you can see that in her character as our, as our reigning Miss Navajo. You see her independence, her determination, and her hard work. So thank you, Miss Navajo, for showing us that hard work side of you and also taking time to greet each one of us. And um, I call her Shema. Every time I greet her, she calls me Shiaj. Um, just because she's Miss Navajo, she represents... The, the title of Miss Navajo Nation, which is basically All those women deities are represented through that title. So I address her as Shema because that's where I came from as a five-fingered being, as a Navajo individual. <clears throat> but um, there were some good presentations and I'm, I wish... It was a packed auditorium. I wish there was a lot of people that showed up. I hope this continues. I hope it, it gets bigger because this is what we need to talk about. These are some of the things we don't address a lot when it comes to financial responsibility. So I encourage you to take time to, to gain understanding about financial responsibility because Ms. Navajo took the time to create a summit dedicated towards that. She had a guest um, speaker, Mr. Uh, Tony Scorlanis, who did the, the welcome address. And he also talked about the importance of who you are as a person. So he said, yeah, you know, I could talk economics. I could talk about money. I could talk about budgets. But I want to talk about the traditional side of how all this works and where it starts from. And it clicked right away. And I thought, <clears throat> I've been going through that with this podcast and it's good to hear that. It's good to see that because that's an area that we need to, you know, have a better understanding about who we are from beginning to end. And so he talked about meaning those talking gods. And he talked about starting your day early. He said, my day starts at 3 a.m. And I thought, my day starts at 5 a.m. And um, he said, I'm up and I'm getting ready and I'm planning and I'm putting things together. And he talked about 
coming around in the morning to bless your home, bless you. And if you're not ready to greet them, they're going to go on to the next home. And I thought that's so true. Even in the wintertime, I used to leave a door open and the cold air used to come in. But that was my my recognition to the holy people that I was here, I was awake, and I'm ready to receive their blessings. So it was really good to be reminded of that and to, and to know that that is our culture and to get blessings from the holy people, no matter where we come from. And when those holy people come around, the reference to that is Hayilka and Jiga, to get blessings from the holy people and that they're coming around to bring you blessings in your life before you start your day. And he also reflected on who we are as Navajo. And I also use that phrase a couple times and I referred it as referred to it as um you know you have these abundant gifts in the forms of, of, of your existence as who you are, whether it's like you have jewelry, you have animals, you have horses, you have sheep, you have cattle, you have a home, you have all those wonderful things that make up who you are as a Navajo person. And through that conversation, he also reflected on wealth. You know, Navajos are wealthy and we're wealthy in all sorts of ways. It's not just about money. It's also reflected upon having wealth in who you are as a person, having wealth in your language, having wealth in your tradition, having wealth in your religion, having any kind of wealth in your belief, having wealth in your thinking, and staying on that positive mindset. So that really um, reflects on my message that, I, that I'm sharing with you today. Ajit-e is a reference of wealth. Ajit is what you possess, whether it's a vehicle, whether it's a home, trailers, corrals, a nice barn. That's what that reference is towards, but it's also reference towards your wealth and who you are as a person, in your thinking, in your language, and who you are. And so I'm glad that Tony talked about this because. You know, sometimes we forget that area of who we are. And when it comes to money, um, many times we can be irresponsible with how money works. They also had the Shadeja, um, the, the chair of the Budget and Finance Committee, uh, Honorable Shandim Parrish. Actually, she's my nulla. And um, they, she talked about collective efforts that stuck, that, that stuck. That really stuck out for me. Collective efforts. Combining all of these individuals who are experts in certain areas and, and accomplishing things together. Having a collective effort among each other to resource each other and to reach a goal. And we have those. A collective effort is, re is reflected back to, to our families. In the workplace, it's based upon who you have in certain positions to accomplish a goal together. So one person's not taking the load by themselves and trying to do things, but collective efforts are reflective upon having a combined unit towards meeting a certain goal collectively. And she also reflected on the, t the, the, the existence of time and that time is money. Time is very, is very much can look at 
can be looked upon as money. And if you invest a lot of your time into something, that's something you can't earn back. You can invest all this money and lose it and get it back by reinvesting or, or coming up with a strategy, but you can never get your time back. So wherever you invest your time is reflective upon you, whether you're being responsible with your time and knowing that your energy is placed into good things because that time will never come back to us. And we want to be able to have a good planning process when it comes to setting up who we are as Navajo people. And we want to be able to use time respectively because you'll never get time back. And so there's this there's this formula that also she also talked about and the um, secretary, the Treasury Secretary Kimberly Yee also reflected on that from the state of Arizona is that we should put 50 percent of our money towards our needs, 30 percent towards our wants and 20 percent towards our savings. And if we use that method, it'll keep us in track with a budgeting process as we go through this whole system of who we are as um, individuals and it'll help us budget correctly it will also help us stay on track with our needs our wants our responsibilities and also our savings and I think if you wanted to be courageous you're going to switch your wants and your savings and you're going to increase your savings to 30 percent and drop your wants down to 20 percent if you want to be that discipline but I thought that was a really good formula to follow and when it comes to getting your money and being responsible for it. And um, I really think this could have been more attended. And with all due respects to um, <clears throat> the latest um, pandemic and everything, but a lot of these handouts have really made us irresponsible with money. And there's a lot of money that people got. And if you add up the total number of how much a person was capable of receiving from the pandemic assistance programs, an individual could get over $80,000 to $100,000 in assistance, depending on who they are. And it's even more if they're a business. But of course, they have to be responsible and think about their employees who weren't getting paychecks because a lot of businesses were closed during the pandemic. So I thought that was very interesting. And I feel like um, we all missed the boat by not being there and to be more responsible when it comes to money and teaching our children and teaching other folks how to be responsible when it comes to managing their money. And the uh, um, event was also attended by the um, one of the financial gurus that I'm really good friends with, Mr. Delmore Blackhorse. And he's an investor and he works for his own firm. He's a vice president of, of, of a firm that he's part of and Tulsa Consulting. And he talked about investments, talking about taking risk, and also talked about having a backup plan, your retirement, your retirement savings, and what you should do with it, how you should manage a 401k. His ultimate message with a 401k, leave it alone. Do not bother it, do not withdraw from it, keep it in place until you're eligible to receive money from your 401k. And he also mentioned rolling it over when it comes when it came time to retirement into an IRA. So these are some things that we really need to become more responsible towards as individuals. <clears throat> and I, I listened to one of the entrepreneurs. One was on uh, my sister, Dr. Brianna Riso. But the other gentleman there, he also was an entrepreneur from Phoenix. And right now he's located back on the reservation 
and he does coffee and he does a, a, a variety of other things like graphic design and i'm so sorry i didn't i didn't get his name but um he talked about his grandparents how his grandparents um were entrepreneurs and they used to travel the u.s selling jewelry then eventually getting into selling navajo food at different areas like a concession stand <clears throat> and immediately it took me back to my grandparents traveling the U.S. and selling jewelry, making jewelry, and being on the road all the time. And that's where I learned that from. I learned it from my grandparents. I learned it from my grandma's sisters. My grandma's sister, her name was Pauline Pantea, and um, she also was a, a world traveler. She used to travel all over the place selling her jewelry. And I always remember her saying one time she was out east and she got lost on the interstate coming back this way. And all she kept telling herself was go west, go west, go west. And she ended up totally somewhere else. But um, that's amazing. That's entrepreneurship. And that's where I come from. And I'm very, very, very honored to come from that foundation because it's reflective in who I am as a person. And those are some things that I like to share with people and I like to, you know, encourage them to also take the next steps, the next risk, because it might be good for them. But if it's not, then you learn from it. You learn from that process and you know how to prepare yourself next time you know what not to do and you know where your comfort is as you move forward as a person whether it's in your career in your education whether it's owning your own business starting a business in anything that you do and so last week we talked about artists and i i know the episode went over one hour and it was all about artists and it's a big compassion of mine and as you already know that i'm an artist myself so i'll have extra time and effort for artists and we talked about some artists there's a lot more we need to talk about but um thank you for listening to that and the feedback i received from that those are just a small small handful of individuals that i look up to and that i wanted to recognize but the question I have is, what does it mean to be an artist? What does it mean to do art? And to answer this question, <clears throat> being an artist is very holistic to me. And as you as an artist, being an artist, it sustains you. It balances you. It takes you away from a lot of the realities of this world into a realm of creativity, to create wonderful things. Whether you're a painter, a sculptor, a jewelry maker, art is my getaway and I look forward to it every time. Even at the times when I don't feel motivated or I've been discouraged and I had a bad day and I'm having negative feelings, when I sit there and I start beating or I start working with silver, it takes it all away. And, and you know, you'll, you'll feel the frustrations in those pieces, but they balance me out. The metal balances me out knowing that I control this and the outcome is based upon my abilities to do what I want to do. So as an artist, I enjoy that creative process, the step process it takes to get where I want. 
and I enjoy taking that routine and, and sharing that with you. And as artists, we can all relate to that process very well. And um, I again, I always have to credit all of our artists in every medium that they do and, and how they promote themselves as individuals. And a major hats off to silversmiths who do repair work. That is the number one thing that I get asked about all the time. Do you do repairs? I used to. It became too much for me because it's hard to understand where the person who made it created that piece and what steps did they take. Because then I would have to come in and try to figure that out, take it apart and put it back together. And sometimes that was not successful to, for me. And it sets me away from my creative realm. So I don't do repairs anymore. The only repairs that I do are those of my work because I know how I assembled it and I know where the trigger points are to undo it and put it back together, make the correct changes or fix it or whatever happened to it. But when it comes to other people's work, um, unfortunately, I don't do that. But there are folks that specialize in that. And they're really, they are the masters of the work because they're able to look at something and figure out how it was assembled, undo it, and put it back together. That takes a whole different skill set to become an artist, a silversmith that does repair. And they're hard to come by. I, I can see that a lot. Every day folks are looking for a person who needs to repair jewelry. But at the same time, I'm like, hot eh? What did you do to your jewelry for it to be damaged? Hajoya and jewelry, hello, is what I think. I'm just kidding. But things happen, things get damaged, and if you were doing something, you ruined your piece of jewelry, then you need someone to repair it. So hats off to those um, artists who do repair. If you know anybody who does repairs, please let me know. I like to share them with everybody else who's looking for someone to do repairs for them. And I really would like to thank our customers, our collectors for always being there, always collecting, always buying from us. You could not get any more, you could not get enough thank yous for always being there to support our creativity. And it's also our responsibility to meet our customers by 100%. As artists, as business owners, please continue to meet your customers by more than 100%. And I always tell folks that when I do customer service training, meet your audience by 100%, no matter what you get on the other side. Always meet 100%, meaning that you do everything correctly, you're cordial, you're friendly, you follow up, you share information, and you are respectable as the person selling your work, as your person owning the business, and continue that process. If someone wants an invoice, create it. If someone needs a quote, get it done. If there's a request for receipts, get the receipt complete. There's so much technology now on your phone, on your computer, everywhere, that it, you do not have an excuse to not make a receipt. If you have to handwrite it, handwrite the receipt. Websites are so important nowadays. You need a website to run your business. I have a website 
90% of my business is done on the website when I'm not an, at an art show. And as you prepare these pieces to be sent off in the mail, the packaging. Package your work as though you were creating it. You did create the work, so you want to have it presentable. So you want to send it off in a nice, presentable package. I've seen some work get sent off any old way, and I really discourage that. Share a sentimental message of gratitude with your customers in your packages as you send them off to them. This coming week on July 13th, there will be an outdoor summer arts market at the Navajo Nation Museum. It starts at 10 a.m. to about 5 p.m. Come out, see some wonderful art. I will be there. I'm working on some pieces that will be available for sale. I'm also getting ready for Indian Market at the same time. But if you get a chance and you're in the Winter Rock area, stop by the museum on Thursday, July 13th. Myself, because plus quite a few other artists will be there set up selling our pieces. Uh, this year is the Navajo Nation Fair 75th anniversary, and they're calling it the Navajo Pearl Anniversary. What an amazing platform for our enterprise to focus on. As Navajo Arts and Craft Enterprise since 1941, I am really looking forward to what's going to happen this year's Navajo Nation Fair. And I want to highlight artists and also just um, FYI, the cats getting out of the bag that Navajo Arts and Craft Enterprise will also be hosting the jury show during the Navajo Nation Fair. So we'll be awarding best of show. We'll be doing all those wonderful things. Stay tuned for the media to be released. And also, again, look forward to the creativity of our people, whether Navajo, Native American, everything. I bought some amazing moccasins from Dee Dee Willie and Dee Dee Willie Designs. You can find her on Instagram. She does get booked up quick for orders. They're handmade moccasins. They're the most wonderful thing ever. And I'm so afraid to wear them because I don't want to ruin them, but um, they're very nice. Check her out on Facebook. I mean, on Instagram, that's where I found her. And I recently got my order in the mail this past week. So thank you very much to Dee Dee Willie Designs for your awesome creativity and sharing that with the rest of us. So, thank you very much for listening again to my message. I look forward to seeing you at episode six. This podcast is brought to you by all the wonderful things this past week. This uh, podcast does not interpret nor does it share any messages or, or even conflict with who I am as a person and my profession and all that I'm associated with. The views in this podcast are solely those of mine as an individual and I like to share those messages with you every week and I look forward to our continued dialogue. Ahihat! <laughs>